0: all right it's spring the moment everybody has been waiting for well depending on where you are that is but we are going to tell you how to get your garden ready and get everything prepared to put your seedlings or your seeds in your garden today to have a good harvest one must plant good seeds and must also
1: use the right kind of fertilizer the carrots have grown large and firm how good they will taste
0: Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening and give the information out for you to be successful in your garden, whether it's your first or your last. We are your hosts, Ben, the Backyard Gardener, and
1: Batavia, the Front Yard Gardener,
0: one in the country,
1: one in the city,
0: and this podcast is a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens, a documentary about two families growing food for the first time in a world that lacks nutrition. So what's happening in zone six right now, Batavia?
1: Um, I think we have spring fever. (laughs) We have had a couple of really warm days, all the way up to 70 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, followed by like chances of snow back down to 40 degrees and 30 degrees. But
0: that's depressing. um,
1: Oh, yeah, and April showers, April showers. Um,
0: so you're getting ready, May flowers. Oh, see, we don't that's the saying here, but we don't have that. It's like February showers and March showers. Uh So it's all confusing. Well, we're going to tell everybody how to make their garden, or not make, get their gardens ready for the planting season this year. Um, I don't know how many tips we're going to throw out there. We'll see. But uh, Mm -hmm. let's see. Where would you start, Batavia? Let's get straight to it today.
1: I'd probably start at the beginning. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would start with an inventory because I'm that kooky, wish that I was really organized type of gardener. Um, And by inventory, I kind of mean, you know... Do you have any bags of soil left? Do you need bags of soil? You know, taking a quick look at maybe some of your garden tools. Um, nothing super intensive, but just a quick glance at kind of where you left things off last year. Because although there has you know, been some months that passed and it seems like it was just, you know, the other day, sometimes we forget. Yeah. So.
0: No, and uh, if anybody's checked on Instagram lately, they know that Batavia definitely has enough soil right now. She's good to go.
1: For all of our days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's totally a thing for me though. And I, I that's a challenge. And at some point I'm gonna be okay with it and, and not kinda put pressure on myself. I notoriously overbuy. So if I think I need three packages of a thing, I'm going to buy four. Just in case. But does it um, does the, sometimes
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead. I
1: was just gonna say sometimes I'll end up taking that fourth package back and sometimes I won't
0: I know does the dirt go bad
1: well that's the great thing about this right (laughs) so no it doesn't go bad right (laughs) um I totally bought a bunch of packages of potting mix or potting soil um we're talking like you know probably more than a dozen because I plan on doing a bunch more container gardening uh this year um And I decided not to try to make up my own mix. I know it would have saved me a few dollars, but yeah, that, some compost. Since I don't compost here, I bought a bunch of, uh, bags of compost that I've used in previous years, and then finally some good old garden dirt, as Ben would describe it, but most folks would say garden soil.
0: No, so, uh, how dare they? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, and I, but
1: I started with taking like an inventory of what I already had, and then trying to figure out how much I would need yeah. to kind of top beds off and all of that stuff.
0: That's a good place to start. I never thought about actually just sitting back and I mean, I always take inventory, but it's like piecemeal and it's Mm -hmm. kind of embarrassing because I'll be like okay I need to go pick up this and then it's like I go do something like oh wait I need to go get this and really it would be so much easier if I could just do it all at Mm -hmm. once I would save Mm -hmm. myself so many trips and so much effort
1: yeah it it feeds into my like I'm you know again being thoughtful in what I want to do because it also allows me to think about a little bit more what I really want to plant right you know, so as I'm kind of thinking about the quantity of, of soil or potty mix or whatever have you that I'll need, you know, I can start kind of going through my mental list of, oh, yeah, I'm going to put this in this bed this year, uh, this in this bed that year. So, so, yeah, it's um, it is a ritual, I'd say. I, I'm trying to think back to years where I didn't do that. Um, and I can't remember one. Yeah, I've never bought this much, this much (laughs) soil and compost like I did this time. But yeah,
0: well, I think one thing and it's a little too late for this. um, And by the time this comes out, people will literally be ready to plant their gardens. But like in the Mm wintertime, organizing everything so that inventory is even easier is a big Mm -hmm. thing to do. And I think that's important. And um, that's what I need to do. And I'm going to I, you know, I, I. I just did a uh, recorded a video and I opened up my shed and I was and I I made a point. I walked over the camera. I was like, you're not going to see in this shed yet because it is atrocious Mm -hmm. in there. (laughs)
1: well you're spot on because it was my intention so i'm in the city remember and um so my little property i don't have a shed i only have my garage to store things in um so you know chicago winters i'm really fortunate to have a garage so i can put my car in there um but it's only it's technically a two-car garage but it only leaves so much space for me so it's been my goal and i end up trying to do this um like a couple of years in a row, and then I actually get it done. So I haven't gotten to the point of getting it done. But anywho, in the fall, I was intending to organize everything, kind of stack up all of the extra bags that I had, you know, so I know coming into spring what I had and what I needed. But that just didn't happen. right? You know? So I ended up waiting until this year, which was fine. But I do think you're right. It's um, kind of ending the year is that doing that. It's probably the best recommendation I'd have as well.
0: Yeah. And I mean... Well, first of all, before I go on to what I think is an important place to start, I will say that if you think Patavia and I talk over each other on the podcast, you should listen to our phone conversations.
1: <laughs> it's about
0: 30% of us going, no, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Which is crazy because part of the benefit of being able to see each other with this is to gauge that, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could gauge when somebody's going to talk, but there's a little bit of a lag. Yeah,
1: yeah, but yeah. But
0: I think... Um, you know, going through your garden and doing a really good weeding is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to get ahead of that stuff before it happens and mm-hmm. turning over all your soil. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think that is a good plan, but just going through and spot weeding and stuff like that and, and mm-hmm. just really prepping where each thing is going to go. Each, each thing, each plant is going to go is, a. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think that's a good start too.
1: Yeah, I um, and this—that's for spring, right? Or are we still talking kind of like yeah. yeah? So, so interestingly enough, remember. I have and specialize in front yard gardening as we go into year two of it. Um,
0: How dare her. I
1: did those things. I know I did those things for my front yard last year, but I just didn't get I ran out of time. I ran out of time and to be quite frank, momentum and inspiration. So by the time I got to the backyard where I have some garden beds, I just didn't have it in me to get back out there. So to Ben's point. I have to, I did a pretty good job um, where I don't have as many weeds, but I do want to top off some of my beds with like some compost, hence me buying a bunch of compost. Uh, There may be a couple of beds that could use a little bit more soil because you know how that gets compacted Mm -hmm. over, you know, the seasons and all. So I do have that as a project for this spring as a part of preparing my garden for the spring. So
0: Well, that was a perfect segue into a, a very good point is adding soil.
1: Mm-mm. You know,
0: how dare you make me say soil again, by the way.
1: I love it. That's twice you've said it, is. it too. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm
0: ashamed of myself.
1: <laughs> but adding
0: dirt is is something that a lot mm-hmm. of people, and it, your, all your beds are not in, they, they're not directly on top of the ground, right? Some of them are on concrete.
1: Mm-hmm. About half and half in the backyard. Okay. Yeah.
0: So the ones on concrete, you probably have to pay pretty close attention to, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And those, um, it's kind of hard to tell too, because um, I, I was literally today talking to a friend about, this is we're going to maybe save this for another podcast about how tall to make raised beds, how much soil you really want to put in the raised beds, how much soil from the top of the bed, you know, to the basically soil line. And that's why kind of um, soil being compacted was at top of mind for me today. Um, but I have to watch those because of the kind of the way that the water evaporates and those beds are different than the way it evaporates in, you know, the, the in-ground beds if you will so
0: yeah it's well i think that you should talk about how high you should make your raised beds right now i want to know what you think
1: um so quickly. i think that yeah quickly <laughs> 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 i don't even know why you believe that's a thing for me like <laughs> that's not even a possibility so quickly i'm going to say minimum Uh, 10 inches, you know, maybe 10 to 12 inches maximum is where we were talking and, uh, he wants to go three feet and I'm just like, eh. I did something like that a couple of years ago on concrete, which is what he plans on building on. Oh, okay. And I struggle with it, you know, so that, yeah, that's different. It's not in ground, which I wouldn't have any pause when it comes to a higher bed. Um, but on concrete, um, I had a bed that was probably about, I don't know, closer to three feet. And I couldn't, I had problems with it. I only did it one year and I couldn't tell if it was a drainage issue. That's a lot of soil to just be sitting there in basically in between these wood slates sitting on concrete. Um, So what do you recommend?
0: Well, I don't have, I have zero experience with uh, planting on concrete. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just give that totally to you. The only thing I would say is I would probably say the deeper, the better to an extent, because, you you know, you want your roots to be able to go down. But for me, like, you know, and I cringe when you said 12 inches Mm because my beds are eight inches deep. But they're also yeah. on open ground, so the roots can yep. go down if they need to. But I do wish for the ease of my back, because I have a bad back, yeah. that that's they that's why higher. he wants to go three feet. You know, mm-hmm. so the older Yeah, so the older I get, they'll probably get taller. So by the time I'm seventy, I'll probably have a six foot <laughs> tall bed so I don't have to bend over at all. Well, I would
1: love <laughs> to see you get soil in that bed. But a part of the conversation was also quickly, um, so if it goes as high as three feet, how much soil do you need to put in? And this is actually a pretty good topic and we may circle back around it again in the future, kind of some of the things that beginners may think maybe. Um, but there mm-hmm. was a the thought of him going three feet, this is what's in his mind, three feet tall for the actual wood bed, but only filling the soil level up to about two feet. Three feet tall to, I know, I know, this, what? Is, this is what happens, right? Sometimes non-gardeners kind of start putting right. stuff together. So three feet tall for the bed, to aid in not having to bend so much like you're describing bad, back problems. But I think he wanted, this was through text, so you know how sometimes you can miss something in that. I think he wanted to go two feet for soil as just basically a cost savings tip because we had talked about previously the bigger the taller the wider you up you go the more soil you're going to be putting in there and obviously there's a cost to that so then i had to get into the whole so you have a whole foot yeah. of space that doesn't have any soil and you're basically planting inside of there so i think i talked him down from that approach uh but we'll see you know
0: well i don't think that it's a a, a non-gardener issue i th- you know a first-time gardener issue i think it's an internet <laughs> issue
1: there's no way this is going to be. I do. Be quick. I think it's for like people. You're, dig- you're going into a place, <laughs> a land far, far away. <laughs>
0: no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I, okay, I'm, okay. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I promise. I promise. Everybody is listening. I think that you can dig too deep on the internet sometimes, mm-hmm. and you can overthink stuff. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the internet, reading books mm-hmm. and stuff. You can just overthink stuff. And yeah. I think that's a common problem. Mm-hmm. There, okay. I made it short today. Because we have a whole We're nother podcast about it, that. Believe
1: you me. I'm telling the audience now he's going to. No, you're going to come back around to it in this conversation. I know you that well already.
0: <laughs> oh, I hope not. But anyway, I hope all not. Right, so. <laughs> so, so what's your uh, what's um, your next one? Let's
1: see. And I'm probably I may repeat. If you listen to every single podcast I've been on, you will hear some of these things repeated because they're themes. I would say my next tip would be. If you haven't done so already, plotting out what you plan to plant to wear. So even if you have one Amen, garden sister. bed, if you have one, you know, container, start to go out, literally go outside, get your garden hat on if you have one. I'm so close to wearing my garden hat. Like I almost put my garden apron on today, too. But I'm going to save that for a special day.
0: Have you seen the <laughs> top of my head?
1: I have as right now, yeah.
0: <laughs> I have to wear the top. Yeah, I have mm-hmm, to wear the to- mm-hmm. hat all the time. So, oh
1: no, I have kind of the farmers in the Dale kind of garden hats, the big floppy ones. Oh right, okay. Me too. Um, yeah. But I think going outside with or without your garden hat, with or without your garden apron, um, and actually looking at the space because we're getting closer to more daylight hours as well. You know, so you're getting an idea of like, well, this won't be the sunrise time at the height of the season, you're getting closer to where you were three months ago, right? So anyway, look outside, look at the place you plan on planting, and start, this is gonna sound corny, and I know Ben loves it when I call myself corny, start to visualize, all right, we're gonna put <laughs> this tomato plant here, this, you know I, don't know, I don't know if you wanna put a cucumber plant right there, and so on. Because it's gonna become more real for you and you can start making adjustments.
0: That was my question is, do, will you make adjustments to your overall plan?
1: Batavia from Be Better Garden?
0: Yeah, Batavia Absolutely. from Be Every Better Garden. twice
1: on Sundays. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, I have, so I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you a story real quick, very short again. I have gotten into where at night I lay in bed and I plan out my garden I spent about 30 to 45 minutes and I've, you know, cause I'm, I'm mm-hmm. testing out the square foot garden thing and I have done it. And then I am like, no, nope, that doesn't work. Scratch, start over, scratch, start over. So for about two weeks I did it. And then I go out there and I plant the <laughs> damn thing wrong. <laughs> I plant it all backwards and I'm like, great. And the mm-hmm. seedlings are like coming up and I'm like, damn now. So I have to go back, but I don't really yeah, get, I don't yeah. fret about it. It's not a big deal. It just changes the plan a little bit. The only time that it met is if like I put it to a tomato mm-hmm. where there was a tomato mm-hmm. last year or something. That's mm-hmm. where I'm like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. I have to be very careful I totally about do that, that. But, though, but yeah. otherwise, and that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I've done it, and the the it doesn't work out as good as mm-hmm. I, I had hoped. So, but no, that's um. I think I do
1: that same part of planning. But in the morning, like when I first rise, I kind of the same thing, sit in the bed and start to think about, okay. And the funny thing is, I think it's just because it's on our minds and we enjoy it because the best time to do that planning is when you're in the garden. Right. So you're going off of your your memory if you're in the house or somewhere else or if you have even a sketch being right there. You're going to see small things like um, I have in the bleep this out front yard garden. I have in the front yard garden, um, these right. long metal beds and they, they're they modular, so they came in three sections. And I had planned for them like to plant straight across, they're about 10 feet long. But it didn't, I either forgot or it didn't occur to me that they're actually, since they're modular, they're three little boxes. So there's a divider, you know, in those spaces. So that kind of nixes my, that nixes the whole plan of like planting across. Being in the house in the winter, I forgot that. Seeing right. them outside as I'm standing over the bed, there you have it. So I made an adjustment on the fly to what my plan was.
0: Right. Oh, and actually I meant to tell you, remember we were talking in the podcast about how you didn't think bell peppers were good to plant and I on, thought they were. Let me were. my
1: notes. As a cost savings tip.
0: Hold yeah, on. this is mm-hmm. like, Got yeah, it? cost savings tip. Yeah, I did. You literally have notes? Right well, I figured out yeah, why they, damn, look at you. Why? You know why they do better? Because their companion plants the tomatoes.
1: Oh, because then you tell me in that podcast, you recommended planting them near the tomatoes. And I was saying, it mm-hmm. wasn't, I didn't think it was a good cost savings tip because I didn't think it was going to yield as many peppers as one would want. And then we, okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Right. The point.
0: So when I planted them next to it and Mm -hmm. I, cause I was curious, I I dug deep and I was like, Oh, okay. And so I figured out that, yeah, I can get more tomatoes. Maybe as a companion plant, and maybe I was just lucky, but we'll see this year. But, um, so I think my, my next tip would actually to once you figure out where you're going, amend the soil. Mm -hmm. Damn. I said it again, amend the dirt where you're going to put it in and, What I mean by that is get a bag of compost and figure out where you're going to put your plants and just dig a little hole and throw some some compost in it Mm -hmm. and just give it something to do. And that kind of goes hand in hand. A lot of people will pre my mouth got dry, Mm -hmm, pre fertilize. mm -hmm their plant, um, their gardens. And you know, that's kind of the same idea, but this actually gives it a direct spot. So it goes with Batavia where it's like, Mm -hmm. check where you're going to plant, get your plan out. And then you're kind of pre-executing your plan maybe. And you just put a little bit of column. And I mean, you -hmm. can even just throw it right on top. It's not, you don't have to dig it in, but then it kind of gives you an idea. But you also, I mean, when you plant your seedlings, you want to do that as well, is put a little bit of compost in. You don't have to.
1: It's a good way to to mend the soil, and especially if we go back to the the beds that are on the concrete. So if you're... Growing in a space or even in a, a container in a space that doesn't have native soil. You don't have all of the goodies that come with native soil normally, right? You know, so you wanna, like things right. like earthworms, I've started to see them. I know they make me happy. Um, but yep. you don't have those things as readily available. You know, over time they will come, right? Um, but you wanna add a little bit of an extra oomph to those beds especially and i still do the same thing you're describing for the ones that are in ground too
0: yeah and i mean let's face it we Mm. we run with small gardens we basically torture the dirt that everything goes in we suck everything out of it every year so you've got to put something back you have to there's no way 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 around Describe it yeah you you literally your plants are literally draining it Mm. of every nutrient possible so that's why like giving it a rest in the wintertime is good. But then adding compost back into it is, is a real good thing to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: thought my mic was off for a second. I had to check.
1: <laughs>
0: I would have been, I've just been nodding. I haven't been able to
1: hear you, but I've just been nodding so, all this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, just nodding. So before we get going, we are going to take a break for our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Neptune's Harvest Organic Fertilizer. Now, this is a fertilizer that I have used in my garden for many years. I like to use a fish seaweed blend, the one with the blue label. In the wintertime, I like to dilute it and add it to my seedlings, and it has the right amount of nitrogen in it to give those leaves the extra push they need so they can grow and collect more light for stronger seedlings. Once I put them in the garden, I do a full-strength feeding, and they grow faster, and especially my spring crops. They have larger leaves to harvest. This year, I want to specifically try the tomato veg formula, the one with the red label. I'm looking to get higher yields, and I also want to feed the microbes in my soil to help rebuild it throughout the year. Best of all, it's organic. All throughout history, people have been burying fish heads in their gardens, but thanks to Neptune's Harvest, we don't have to do that anymore. So check them out at NeptunesHarvest.com. And you can buy it at neptunesharvest.com, your local garden center, and even on Amazon. So check them out and get growing. So what's your next tip, Batavia?
1: Is it my tip already? I'm trying to keep track. Sure. All right, let's see. I, I don't.
0: I just said putting uh, compost in.
1: Yeah, so if we're building on that... Um,
0: you're missing something key, but I'm going to let you. Yeah, miss figure it. it.
1: You're gonna let me miss. You're going to ruin my garden for the year <laughs> cuz you're going to be selfish and let me miss it. Um, oh, so this is probably not it, but it's a thing that you should be doing. It's clearing off any debris that you have from last year. So that was it. Hey, Boom. all right. Um, so I actually was this morning looking out into a different bed where I intentionally, intentionally dropped kind of some of the things that I had chopped, chop and drop, I think is what they call it, um, to use it as mulch, you know, and I'm seeing things. This is in a flower bed, not a garden, a vegetable garden bed, but the same principle applies. So I'm starting to see some of my perennial plants come up in the flower bed. And this lets me know it's probably time to clean. Clear out all of that last year's kind of dead plants that I used to cover the bed um, to give, you know, the kind of now unhibernating plants, because I just made up that word, a chance to get the most nutrients, water and sun and all of that. Um, That totally is a project, too.
0: No, that was mostly it. But the other thing, too, I mean, I know, especially for you you live in the Windy City, Mm -hmm. so i'm sure you've got debris just blowing your yard and all kinds yep, of stuff yeah i mean when i did my first my second youtube video for the uh budget garden makeover i'd spent i dedicated the whole thing to just cleaning up debris and it was it's literally embarrassing because you don't go outside all winter and then when you go out there between all the storms and mm-hmm. stuff i mean there's trash in my yards for my neighbors and you know, stuff gets blown around and everything. So, you know, start with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Like, spend an afternoon and go out there and get a clean slate. Yeah. And then, you know, and every once in a while, I, and this year especially because I get really busy in the garden sometimes and when I'm done, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, boom, I drop it and walk away. I have to make myself go out there and really do a little cleanup mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I might have five different projects going on in the garden at once.
1: I try to be more disciplined, like start and stop a thing, but I'm not that. So same thing, it's the, <laughs> you know, because you basically are drawn to the things that interest you the most at that particular time. But to just uh, piggyback on that, that totally I actually have to do this probably twice um, when kind of the weather warms up just enough to feel comfortable getting out of out there, picking up trash. And then one more time before I actually get out there to start planting, because like you yeah. said, in the Windy City, you know, there is a lot of stray trash that comes around. The number of wrappers that I have to and not like, you know, the, oh, the it's musical crazy. sense, the number of papers and wrappers and all kinds of things I have to pick up and. Um, and that's also a mental note that you're getting ready for it too, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's in my mind that's actually the first step, mm-hmm. starting with a clean slate. But it all kind of goes hand yeah. in hand. But I'm surprised you you stole one from me, and I don't like mm. that.
1: Well, listen, you were you were dangling it out there. Right? <laughs> I was. I dangled
0: it hard too.
1: All right, so that means you're but, up.
0: Um, yep, I'm up. So the next thing is, um, you know, you've done your inventory and let's see, are you getting your, um, are you, are you getting your seedlings out and getting ready to put in, then get your little hand trowels and upgrade your shovels mm. and all that stuff and clean them up. And if you've got a compost bin, get out there and, and give it a good turning. Mm. Cause now it's starting to get warm. And, um, do you compost?
1: I do not. You know why?
0: Okay. Uh uh-uh.
1: uh. Definitely afraid of mice.
0: Okay. They, there's a little animal. Do you have stray cats? You shouldn't have mice.
1: No. I, but, I, um, I can't you live take in this the city, chance. I can't, like, I'll have to toss the entire garden away. <laughs> but like, I can't, I just can't take the if chance. If
0: you, um, I, well, first of all, I'm that way with rats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If I had a rat in my house, I'd move. Mm-hmm. But if you saw what's been in my compost pile, Mm-mm, See. yeah, yeah. I walked out and there had a huge possum in there the other <sighs> see, night, raccoons, all kinds we of stuff. We do have
1: uh, quite a bit of possums around here. Um, yeah, I just I can't I can't like I could. I have you
0: can't. ever seen one? Have you ever seen one play dead?
1: I have it and don't, I just, I don't, let's, let's move on. Like, um, you're freaking me out.
0: I can't tell you the story. It's funny.
1: You think it is, but do you see me all shriveled up over here? All right, go for the audience. I'll, I'll do you guys a silent. Go for ahead. For the audience.
0: Yeah. The audience. <laughs> so you always hear that possums play dead. I let my dog out. I didn't believe it. She runs outside, goes up to a possum, and it just falls over sideways and you hear a thunk <laughs> and it doesn't move at all. The dog sniffs it. She runs back in the house. I look out there a possum gets up and runs off. And that's it. Uh, yeah. But that's all she wrote. Oh, yeah. And by the way, they're good because they eat your mice.
1: I just this whole ecosystem they're ugly as hell. I can't I can't sign on to. Right? I just can't. Can't can't can't.
0: Oh, I embrace it. I love it.
1: Nope.
0: But um okay, now that I went on a side note, I forgot what I was saying.
1: Uh, you're cleaning your hand trails and this is like kind of pre-free Oh, yeah, pre- getting your planting, shovels yeah. ready.
0: Yeah, and turning turning the compost. Mm-hmm. So once you turn your compost, um, so since Batavia doesn't, I'll tell you how I do it. There's two ways to compost. There's hot and cold. Hot means you turn it all the time. You're going to get compost a lot faster. Cold means you just kind of pile it on, and you just let it break down over time. It takes like three times as long. As we have established before, I'm a lazy gardener. <laughs> and I cold compost but I usually try to come out and give it a good turn in the spring like just put everything from the bottom on top and just get it going and if you do compost that's a good thing to do right now too because that kind of goes hand in hand with putting the compost in the garden so pretty simple when
1: you say Uh-oh. three times as long like talk to me and is this like it takes the full season or the cold compost I don't know okay
0: I don't know. I know that. um, So, you know how they have those composting barrels Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you spin. I know somebody who had one and he could put something in there and he'd spin it every day and he would get compost in like a week. Oh, wow. Okay. But for me, like, I mean, I can dig down and it depends on what you put in your compost too. Like I literally put everything in there. Mm -hmm. So like peels and stuff don't break down as like orange peels and Mm -hmm. stuff. They don't break down as fast. But a lot of times, like I'll turn it over at the end of the year and there will still be stuff from the winter time, and it'll be stuff like that. That's not totally broken down, mm-hmm. but I can't give you a time frame on that. But if you really want to compost, you need to go out there every day yeah. and just turn it somewhat. Yeah. But, you know, it's too much of a pain. Yeah. And I broke my pitchfork and I haven't bought a new one. So
1: well,
0: that's right. I said pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's not that important because I did replace it.
1: So if anyone in the audience has a guaranteed method for composting that will not yield any of the critters and vermin that we've talked about, please let me know because I am interested in it. But I just, I can't, I don't want to have to quit the podcast. I don't want to have to shut down my channels, my Instagram page because I'm no longer a gardener (laughs) because I found a mouse (laughs) or a possum playing dead or actually dead. Like, and I just, I can't.
0: Get one of those barrels.
1: Yeah, it sounds like, and this is where the internet has been helpful or maybe not so much, the fine print, right? So those barrels. So you're
0: baiting me right now.
1: You're baiting I, me. I, maybe I am. The fine prey of the internet, yeah. Good or evil, <laughs> right? Uh, so, <laughs> and they're not cheap, but if I were to invest in a barrel, and again, I just, right now I'm comfortable with purchasing the packages of compost. I've never found any animals in the package when I opened it, and that makes me happy. Yeah.
0: Well, once you once it breaks down into compost, you're not going to have th- those issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we do get a lot of the worms for our garden. Mm-hmm. We get them out of our compost yeah, that's pile. super cool. Yeah, yeah so there is there is a lot of benefit. But, I mean, really, as far as, like, mice, because I was going to say if you covered it with, like, some kind of, like, chicken fence mm-hmm, or something, mm-hmm. you could keep big animals out, but the mice would still. But that is a totally enclosed System, so once it completely broke down, you could just dump it into a pile, and then you just ha- basically have a pile of dirt.
1: How thick is that material though? Because we find that our garbage cans, squirrels will gnaw away and create holes in the garbage cans. And once there is a hole in there that a squirrel has created, you know what's coming next. You know what's crawling in there. Um, so. Oh yeah. So yeah.
0: Man, y'all got bad squirrels. I'm telling problems, you, huh? they're
1: vicious. Well, they're not mean squirrels. They don't attack or anything, not yet anyway. Um, but they're just hardcore. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Man, that's crazy. I'm telling you, I don't uh, envy you with the, the. You have like monster squirrels <laughs> up there.
1: I actually, there's actually like, um, you can call the city and have them replace your garbage cans because at some point, once they, you know, have one or two holes in it. Sure, they're containing the trash, but guess what's going to happen? The stray cats, they're going to find their way in there and yeah. so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. You know. So I'm going to jump into my next one, which is kind of do this it. is a mini one. Um, soil temperature. So I don't have any tools to check soil temperature, but you do want to make sure that the soil is workable, pliable. You know, you can get in there and move it around a bit um, because guess what? That means you're ready to start planting some things.
0: Do you see how I just moved the mic to my face? That means I you have baited me in something else because this is the number one thing I've been looking for lately. Everything I read is soil temperature. Soil temperature. Uh-huh. It's got to be 50 <laughs> degrees. And I'm like, okay, then what is the temperature of my soil? Somebody tell me. What am I supposed to do? Stick my thermometer in there? Because I can go ahead and tell you that...
1: That was, everybody, that was the motion I no, did to no. figure out the soil temperature. Yeah.
0: Oh, I thought you were telling me to calm <laughs> oh, down. No, 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 dude. Because like, <laughs> everybody, everybody online says your soil temperature has to be 50 degrees, and nobody tells you how to figure out if your soil temperature is 50 degrees. Nobody.
1: Guess what I'm going to do?
0: So... What are you going to do? I'm not
1: going to tell you cuz I don't know either. But Damn. <laughs> And in addition to That is rude. yeah, in addition to that being everywhere online, you even start to see it on seed packages like when they talk about yes. recommendations for when you should plant. Um so it used to be things like kind of nighttime temperature, which is easy for us to figure out, right? Like and yes. you know daytime temperature or whatever, but now soil temperature has like kind of taken over as a recommendation. So I can't figure out how to, to gauge it. I've looked around to see like if they're really outdoor thermometers for soil, which I believe they exist, but all right. Um,
0: I haven't seen one. I'm
1: going to gauge the kind of, is it ready by, again, is the soil pliable? Can you get around there? Or is it kind of still frozen solid if you're in that kind of climate? Or even if it's not completely right. frozen solid, are there pieces or sections of the soil that are kind of clumped together because it's still still kind of cold like that's the part that you have to be careful about because your calendar may say oh it's time your garden heart may say oh it's time but the soil along with the temperature air temperature is going to really tell the story
0: so i'm looking online right now and when i looked up here's okay hold on hold on here's a soil thermometer thermometer on Mm -hmm. so on um, johnny seeds and it is literally a thermometer that is just like a probe thermometer Mm -hmm. now here's my problem with that now you have to get into science with that if you take a soil temperature with that Mm -hmm. you're only getting and nobody can see my fingers so you're getting um (laughs) you know two centimeters Mm -hmm. of temperature So you've got to go all the way around. And now here's the question is you have containers, Mm -hmm. you have Mm in-ground beds and you have raised beds and they all warm up differently. So it's like, come on, people, you tell me to do 50 degree soil temperature, but I'm not, I'm not jiving with what you're putting Mm -hmm. down. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll go by nighttime temperatures. No problem doing that. But otherwise, all right, rant over.
1: (laughs) I saw your head tilted to the side And I knew it was time Like I knew yeah. I'd hit a chord there
0: I have a look When that happens yeah Because whenever Batavia talks I move the mic away from me And then my head turned to the side And I slowly moved it up But yeah that's been bothering me for about a month mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. The soil temperature thing's really been bothering me so
1: I'm glad we weren't um, able to solve I'm that gonna, This uh, this episode <laughs>
0: No, we have not been able to solve that. And as based on what I see, I don't see a way where we're going to solve it. So garden mysteries.
1: Garden mysteries. It is.
0: It is. But I agree with you by digging your hands in Mm -hmm. there. You can kind of feel a little Mm -hmm. bit of a difference, but you're not going to be able to guess. Yeah. So I would. How about we say we just go off of nighttime temperatures? Let's
1: settle on that.
0: Because if your nighttime temperatures go 45, let's say the ground holds heat, Mm -hmm. so it should be a little bit warmer than 45.
1: Can I give a bonus note, which isn't, well, I think you maybe could do this. So um, remember that I am really trying to extend my season. So I've invested in plastic, six millimeter plastic that I covered one bed consistently with. Last season, so coming into fall and through winter and now in spring, that bed was covered. That bed is notably um, warmer, dare I say, than the other beds that are also sitting on the concrete patio. Um, that really, yeah, yeah. So that soil is much more pliable compared to some of the other ones. Um, so if you kind of think about, you know. Everything being concealed for that period of time, or even when we've had warmer days, kind of that sun beating down on that plastic and creating, you know, a greenhouse effect. Um, So, if you have already invested in it in the winter, consider that, and you may have a different experience with one bed versus another. Um, I have been thinking about it, and at this point, it probably won't happen, but. It was my intention to kind of use some of that plastic to get a head start in spring planting, cover it in, let's say, February or something. And then again, start to more slowly warm up that soil and with the hopes of it it will be warmer than some of the other beds that are uncovered. So that's my tidbit.
0: The only one that I had um, personally prepared for this other one is um, learn how to cheat your weather.
1: That's that's connected, I think. Okay.
0: Batavia, Batavia. No, that's it's not quite like that. But Batavia just like froze and looked at me like I was crazy.
1: Well, I, so what I'm saying is, <laughs> well, you are, but maybe not for this reason.
0: <laughs> so, like for this, for where I am, for instance, my fr- my last frost date's April 15th. We haven't had a day below 40 in three weeks. So. What I'm saying behind that is like don't get too brave and go out there and slam your your stuff in the ground, especially your seedlings that you've been all growing for months and months and months and you're all excited. But learn your weather and look at the forecast when you get about. So most people give you a 10 day forecast. A 10 day forecast is not very um, not very reliable, but the closer you get to it, you can. Do you have something to say? No, no, go
1: ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to pull up a note here.
0: So as you get closer to it, you just check your forecast and the colder the if it looks like it's not going to get cold, you know, let's say seven days out. It's not going to get close to freezing. Go ahead and put something out and get, you know, a week is a big time difference to get a plant started. You there? Yeah.
1: I figured you kept on talking. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the um, the you know a week like I said a week is a a, a good chance to just kind of get a head start because it is a week is a big deal, and then you just learn how to cheat it. But you always always have to look for like cooling winds and stuff like that. But you know, cheating your weather forecast I think is a good way to do it, and putting plastic on your bed is definitely cheating the forecast Mm -hmm. but that's a whole different beast and i think a lot of people might not be ready for Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. and and using plastic can be very dangerous too Mm, how so well if you look at a greenhouse for instance like if you walk in a greenhouse and it's 50 degrees outside it'll be you know 80 in Mm -hmm. there so if you walk out and you go to work one day and you happen to have a seventy-five degree day, you're going to have ninety-five degrees in that thing, and you're going to fry everything in there. That's such an excellent so point. Mm-hmm. And you you have to do so much more. I mean, you don't have to do much more, but you have to be sure, be sure to open it up so the air can get in, and it's still going to be warmer. So it just it adds a little bit of um, complexity. Mm-hmm. To your gardening experience, that some people might not be ready for, but if you are ready for it, then by all means, jump right in.
1: Yeah, I um, I think that brings us to eight total. Uh, which is, is it? A, eight? Is it? Do you want a, a odd number? <laughs> I love okay. odd numbers. I got one more, and this is gonna be the bonus I knew one. You did. Yeah. So uh, look, the whole disconnection right there was me trying to get to the note. I didn't think I was gonna bring this up, but here I am. So this is where the internet is good and not evil. There is, if go. you go to Google and type in past weather, type in your city name, you should come up with, and if you don't, then I'll give you the website, timeanddate.com weather. This is a website that I use religiously. And it's super cool because, you know, obviously you can use it for the current time or whatever, or if you want to check times in other zones, um, time zones, not necessarily garden zones. But what I've been able to do is look at the past weather. There's an option midway the page where you can select the search period. So I'm going to go through and look at April 2019. So what I've used this for is to gauge. In last year, my last frost date is around August, the, or excuse me, April the eighteenth. So my question is, mm-hmm. how many days after April the eighteenth did we have freezing temps? Right. So I can look back right. and say. And I had this all noted ni- nicely in my um, on my phone, but I can't access that right now. So we're just gonna make it up, no. Uh, so like the last, um, it looks like in April, the last day we had temperatures like in the 30s. On April the 27th of last year, temperatures got down to 34. So not quite freezing, but if you potentially take wind chill in effect, it's probably gonna dip down lower. And what I ended up doing was checking April 22, 20- 18 April 2017. So I was trying to kind of validate my last frost date and what we've seen in more recent years. And you can use this for the same thing when you're kind of planning for, you know, the first frost later on in the year. Again, this is just a tool, right? You know, you don't want to take it as absolute gospel because things change. You know, it's life, it's weather. <laughs> but it's a super cool well, I tool. I like using
0: stuff like that. I like using stuff like that so I know I'm not tripping and be like, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I just looked at it, and if I go back, I had I went back two years, mm-hmm. and today's date we froze two years ago, but last year we didn't, mm-hmm. so it can go either way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But remember, that last frost date is a 75% chance. It's not 100%. Mm-hmm. That's the highest chance that they're going to give you, so um, there's other frost dates that you can get as well. Um, yeah, oh, they got the... Uh, the anemometer readings on the bottom.
1: Oh, look at you geeking out. That's my this is my present to yeah. you. This isn't for the audience. That's my present to you. You're welcome. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm a I'm a big weather nerd. <laughs> big time. But I mean, if you think about it, weather controls everything. So it's good to learn more and more about weather, especially weather in your own area. Yeah, because your weather is totally different. You you guys have different issues than I have.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. I was driving the other day and thinking about um, the way you described it when we were talking once before was it takes a longer period of time for me and my zone in my area to get to that kind of constant warm. Right. Like our. Frost dates yeah. last estimated last frost dates are within a couple of days of each other. But as we've been talking, my weather has been wholly different than yours over the last month. As an example, so you guys are going to oh, get yeah. to hot and stay hot much sooner than we will here.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's insane the way it works. So I could have had my stuff in the ground earlier, but based on this, you yeah. know, Saturday we it was forty degrees. So if I put a tomato seedling out and it's 40 degrees, would it kill it? No, but it would suffer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would not do as well. It would be more susceptible to diseases and stuff like that.
1: Which is actually a good so. point when it comes to, um, I have two notes. The transplants, well, I'll come back to that. The seedlings that I started and we talked about in a previous episode, the ones that I killed, you remember those, Um when I talked about them and said they were suffering, yes. yeah, <laughs> thanks for, you know, doing the, uh, the uh, autopsy on those with me. Uh, so we talked before we knew that they were absolutely dead and I knew they were suffering. And you said you, you really probably want to put those aside and start over. And you described it as, you know, they've already gotten off to a tough start. Right, you know, so yeah. they may struggle as the season goes on, and you have enough time now to be able to kind of start anew and give those seed babies the best chance that they have to become big, strong plants. Um, that's one thing. Second thing is, a few minutes ago, you said, like, this is a nice site, and there are other sites too, so you don't have to rely on. I remember it being much warmer in April. Right. And we're notorious for that kind of thing, especially when even as gardeners who garden every year, you kind of can misremember how things were. Like, I really thought that April was like going to be freezing all the way through. I researched this last year, forgot that I researched it and basically was I was pushing out my planting date in my mind saying, oh, it's safer if I start this date. Then I found my notes and said, oh, wait, in the last three years, we've not had frost after April X. You know, so. Um, right. So anywho, that's a, a long way around to say in some instances, your gut and what you remember are right. But don't be afraid to kind of double check that um, the sun is a really good example of that. Like I, it's really sunny on my back deck. Yeah. Between July and August. Yeah. So right. Maybe not necessarily, right. you know, in May where I want to plant. So anywho, two notes. Those aren't bonuses. Those are just notes. So I think we still have nine. That's yeah. an odd number.
0: And that's that's cheating the weather that you just cheated the weather completely mm-hmm. based on data. So which is cool. But if I didn't say this, somebody would come back and say something it's not always going to be the same every year. Mm-hmm. So, still respect your last frost mm-hmm. date. So, and I think that people thinking that April was warmer, I think maybe a little bit of wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's
1: fatigue. You're basically, uh, you know, you're tired of winter wherever you are. You're ready for spring to come here. You know, you're starting to think like, oh, yeah, remember that wedding that we went to? And, you know, it was really nice that day. You know, it's like that wedding was really in May. You know, (laughs) you're starting to fabricate garden facts, you know. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so I think it
0: happens, man. It happens. Can we
1: talk just a tad bit about kind of the respecting of the weather and our desire yeah. to get out there so much earlier. So yeah. I struggled with this over the last couple of weeks. I remember we were talking about, and we talked about this on the podcast as well, like feeling like I was behind, like you know, I should have done this earlier, I should have done this earlier. And I was kind of walking through it in my head. And sometimes it's a long walk around there. Um, And I was saying to myself, well, the desire really kind of comes from trying to get the most out of your season, meaning the most days, right, the most optimal days. And I really want to plant things earlier, because especially for me with a shorter season, a shorter growing season, um, I want to take advantage of as many days as possible, but there's, it's kind of a risk there too. So I could plant things earlier. I could put a tomato plant in the ground right now, right? You know, and if it's successful, I'll have tomatoes that come to bear much sooner than if I wait a month and a half but there's also that risk you talk about, right? So it may look like that tomato plant is done fine and it survived those cooler temps, but I could end up two or three months from now with kind of a more sickly tomato. So it's a balance. I mean, sure there may be science that you can actually apply to that, but some of that's going to be gut. And if you have to do anything, kind of default to like Ben said, respecting your last frost day. So getting out there later is better than sooner, in my mind.
0: Well, what tomato plants do you grow? What kind?
1: So or would it determinate or indeterminate?
0: No, Um, I don't care about that. I'm talking about like (laughs) the
1: You're talking about like what?
0: Like the actual like you know, Better Boys, Mm -hmm, Roma mm -hmm. Tomatoes or whatever. Like what are the actual names of what you grow?
1: Sure. So I um I've done Better Boy, I've done beef steak. Uh, last year I did Mm a um it was a pineapple tomato, which is pretty cool to look at. My very favorite is green zebra. Um, so I plan on mm-hmm. growing that every garden I have. I've done some cherry tomatoes, obviously, as well, which are a little bit easier, um, all things considered. A lot less risk when it comes to those. Um, and I've done like, your, I can't think of the name of them, but like a yellow tomato, um, which is kind of yellow skin, yellow flesh. Um, so that's what I grew last year. Why are year. you not...
0: F- you know they have tomatoes that roma grow better too. in cooler weather right
1: roma too i don't know if i know that do i know that
0: yeah well okay well now you do yeah they, they definitely do um early girl is one of them mm-hmm. yeah, yeah early girl tomatoes mm-hmm. and um there's i'm looking at a website right now and they i mean there's all kinds that specific like if i were you i would look into that because you know you're your need to grow something earlier this might actually help you because you know when your last frost date comes along I mean if you go to your little weather thing you um the one that I built the website
1: that I built the one that you're talking yeah okay yeah Mm -hmm. the (laughs) timeanddate.com that
0: you created (laughs) and you you have the patent for (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) joking joking yeah yeah, absolute joke (laughs) Um, but uh what is the um what is the temperature around then
1: around when
0: like your low temperatures around your last frost date
1: um it, it's right at 30 some degrees the lows
0: okay so when you say it's your last frost date it literally is your last like you might be 35 yeah
1: yeah i think okay. the way that i yeah, looked at it difference. was um i kind of gauged here is the last time the temperatures temperatures were in the 30s so I felt there's some safety okay. if it's forty degrees and above. So that's Batavia's math, right? There's no other, you know, logic behind that. But if it's forty degrees, even if there's um there's a wind chill that's folded in, I don't expect it to drop a full ten degrees as an example, right? You know.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, see for us it's it's opposite. It's thirty and then it's sixty at night mm-hmm. and up. So
1: but for early but yeah, girls, would... I've grown those before. I've bought them as transplants. And those, as far as I understand, they're not designed to go into the ground earlier. But they are—they um, take less time to yield fruit. Right? So you may get instead of 90 okay. days for yes. a better boy, you may take 70 days for an early girl plant.
0: Yeah. Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Scratch that. Mm-hmm. I was talking some bro science. Never mind. That was really. <laughs> Fake news, fake news.
1: <laughs> it's all good, man.
0: So, but yeah, so I think, um, you know, based on what we've said today, do you think that somebody could go out and get their garden ready and pretty much have everything they need to get it ready? Like all the knowledge they need to get their garden beds ready?
1: Absolutely. I think we covered all of the things that I personally do in my garden. Um, yeah. Yeah. And all of the things, if we, if I don't do it, I aspire to do it. So, yeah, I think those are the pieces that you need, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's just little pieces and parts. And I, I think of everything we've said, the inventory has been the best mm-hmm. one so far. Mm-hmm. By far, I think that's really important and people should do that. But... I am going to take us now to everybody's thing that they've been waiting for this whole podcast. They wait for this, Mm -hmm. the recipe of the day. (laughs) All right. So it's spring and everybody is growing stuff right now. And I'm actually going to give you two recipes. I'm going to hook you up today. One of them is super simple. It doesn't get any easier. If you've been a good Backyard Gardens listener, a very good one, and you know that I'm a huge fan of snow peas, then I'm going to tell you the best way to cook snow peas. Don't cook them. Eat them right off the vine. There you go. Done. Recipe's done. Batavia didn't have to write it down.
1: I have my notepad ready.
0: <laughs> yep. She had her notepad ready and she mm-hmm. didn't have to have it. But in all seriousness, I mean, that is the best way. Um, But the real recipe is we're going to give you um, a Parmesan radish salad because I grow radishes every year because they take 21 days to get to harvest roughly and I run out of ways to eat them. So I want to share the love. And I would say that we actually try to go radish heavy on the recipes so people know more ways to eat them. But um, you're going to need some olive oil and lemon juice for the dressing, with salt and pepper. And then you are gonna need some kind of lettuce or green of any anything like that. Um, I personally use um, lettuce. I make my own mix: lettuce, kale, spinach. Because guess what? It all comes out of my garden this time of year. And then you are gonna want about a cup of sliced radishes, and you want to slice them thin, thin as you can, but you know don't go crazy and then some shaved parmesan sh- parmesan cheese and you just mix it all together and you make a nice nice salad on a spring day um, i know i don't know about you i have a hard time eating salads in the wintertime.
1: but no, in the spring no i'm okay with it yeah i'm okay are you? with You're eating salads yeah yeah but i know i get yeah. to that i actually have a video about um, a special salad and i've not published it because i know a lot of people don't eat salads in the winter
0: uh you should publish it
1: You know why I like
0: eating salad out of my garden, Mm -hmm.
1: fresh out of my garden because
0: I don't like cold salad. I do not like if I make a salad at home and it comes out of the refrigerator. Let it sit out for a couple hours Mm. before I eat it so it's room temperature. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's not supposed to be cold. So at this time of year, you can make the salad and everything will be nice and warm and refreshing. But nicely done. Remember this. Remember this. If you're going to harvest your greens. Harvest them in the morning. Harvest them in the morning. Don't get them in the afternoon. They'll be full of water. And the cooler weather, they'll be more flavorful and Mm -hmm. more, I guess plump is the right word.
1: Mm, I like it.
0: It, Okay. We'll stick with it. (laughs) So get them in the morning and go for it. So pretty easy recipe, I think. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of not making complicated meals. So Mm -hmm. that's that. Do you have anything special to tell the people of our listenership today?
1: Anything special? Do I always pause and say, what's happening that special?
0: I feel like you do.
1: I don't know that I do. Well, I mean, I'd probably just say, hey... Tune in to me at YouTube at Better. that's B-E-T-T-A, Garden, because if you are um, new to gardening or new to seed starting indoors, I am too, and I'm learning and I'm sharing what I learned. So um, yeah, it's super duper fun for me. I'm kind of trying to grow everything, so I want to take you all along with me. So that's my (laughs) special thing to share.
0: Well, I'm just going to say that on my YouTube channel, The Backyard Gardener, spelled G A R D N E R, because somebody stole it before <laughs> me. How dare they? I, uh, I just finished my um, series about a backyard garden makeover on a budget. Mm-hmm. And um, we basically made over our gardens in as little money as possible. I think it cost us about $150 when we were all done. And it's oh, wow, for nice. us yeah it's a total transformation and we didn't want to end it now but because of the whole coronavirus situation we just Mm -hmm. kind of cut it short because money got is getting a little tight Mm
1: -hmm. but that's
0: a different story we won't go into that but we kind of you know just showed you what we've done and basically know that it's this is what it is this year and next year we'll just add more to it so um you know my big thing is i don't want people to think they have to spend a, a lot of money all the time on their on their gardens and stuff just just focus on the important parts
1: yeah and that's the reason why there. i like that series so much because it's there's a lot of apprehension around how much both um time and money that you have to put into a garden and there is yeah. no have to to it right there are a no. lot of different ways to garden and as ben and, and family have displayed you can absolutely do it on a really reasonable budget so
0: yeah so for instance, I didn't even put this in the video, but my compost bin—I had everything fall out of the bottom of it, right? Every time I opened the door, everything would fall out and piss <laughs> me off. Door wouldn't shut. <laughs> so our chicken coop—we had a—we made a a little frame for a nest box that we haven't used, and the wood's sitting out there. I took the wood apart, screwed it together. And put it in as a little stop. So now stuff doesn't follow me up. It was zero dollars. Mm-hmm. I even mm-hmm. reused the screws. And it's just little stuff that, like that, that, that can make the biggest difference in your life yeah. in your garden. So that's basically what we've got going on. But um, we are happy you guys are with us. A little short one today. Mm-hmm. A virtual high five from Batavia. Uh, if you guys have fives. any questions, let us know. And until next time. We will catch you on some more gardening and all that good stuff. Check us out on Instagram and keep it real. We'll talk to you later. See ya. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. You can find us at Backyard Gardens the Movie on Facebook and Backyard Gardener on Instagram. And YouTube is Backyard Gardener where I'm doing videos showing cooking and building gardens and gardening tips, all kinds of good stuff. And you can find Batavia at
1: You'll find me on Instagram at B underscore Better Garden. And then you'll find me on Facebook, same name. And then I'm also over on YouTube at B Better Garden. I am sharing hashtag Garden Joy every chance I get. I hope you enjoy. So if you have any questions,
0: hit us up on all of our platforms, anywhere you want. And we will be more than happy to help you with what you can. And again, thanks for listening. And we will see you guys next time. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time.
1: All over the world people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.